The following is a pre-recorded show. Welcome to Winning in Retirement with your host, Brian Akers, certified financial planner professional and founder of Akers Financial Group. Now, helping you win in your retirement, here's Brian Akers. Welcome to Winning in Retirement. I'm Brian Akers from Akers Financial Group. Here with me today is Alex Monk, also from Akers Financial Group, and also a certified financial planner practitioner. Good morning, Alex Monk. Brian, it's good to see you. Uh, it's great to have you here. I appreciate you um, having the time in your day because I know you've been extremely busy, tax season, investment season, markets, everything going on. And because of all that volatility and noise and stuff going on, we wanted to have a show designed around the whole process of investing clients' money, investing people's money, and how the mindset will really help you understand how to handle when things change, when things happen, when news comes out. Today's topic is this, investing for your entire life. That's going to be the topic, investing for your entire life. There's a couple of key words there, right? I believe there is. I would think uh, your. Your. Yeah. <laughs> and then entire. Entire, entire life. And so what happens is this, is that the show Winning in Retirement is we want you to win when you get to retirement. We want you to win while you're in retirement years. The idea of winning is knowing that you're okay, that really helps with the process of winning. Yeah, and, and investing has a lot of um, you know mental and emotional ties to it, right? So especially now, you know, the things are different. Um, interest rates are on the rise. I mean, we haven't seen that in 40 years. Yeah, it's been about 12 months of interest rates rising. And then we had um, uh, some bank, uh, Silicon Valley Bank had issues. Yep. Uh, and that issue has caused some calamity and some issues in the marketplace when it comes to banks and, and smaller regional banks, even overseas. Yeah. And, and really what happened is mismatching collaterals, right? So this is a perfect example of what happens to bonds in a rising interest rate environment, right? If you hold a long bond, let's call it 30 years and interest rates go up, you know, the value of your bond goes down. The longer your bond is, the more dramatically it goes down. Right. So you said a few things there, mismatching Right. Can you explain that again? <clears throat> so if you have like uh, a bank has short-term demands, right? Cash. Yeah. People walk in the door and they want, they want their they money. They draw on their ATM or they have payroll because Silicon Valley Bank was dealing with a lot of companies out there. And so they had their payroll deposits and regular checking. And, and it's stuff that. that happens all the time, right? Monthly, weekly, daily. So. Normal flow. Yes. So they need liquidity. Um, and if you have your deposits and you invest them in something that's a long-term Mm-hmm. bond like a government treasury that's 30 years you know that's 100 percent safe yes but you have to wait till the end of the 30 years correct so the end 30 years when that day comes you get your money all of it but between now and then even government bonds have a volatility of their value prior to maturity right and that's what really happened here in the banking and, and there's some other issues too oh yeah there's <laughs> but, <laughs> the more they dig in the more they find out the type of risk they took as a bank now the Federal Reserve's response to this has been what the, econo- the economists have been really saying is actually um, unprecedented with, with the way they handled over that weekend and try really got uh, information out and really basically supported these banks and the money and the deposits. Right, and, and that's good. Like, we don't want it to go to the point where uh, you're standing in line at the ATM, like every ATM's got... 30 people in line. We don't ever want to be there. Yeah, well, they have doors at banks now, and they let you in. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> so I used to hate having to walk into a bank with a mask on. I'm just like, this feels wrong. It did feel wrong. <laughs> uh, that's why they did appointments only. Now now you can actually go in your bank. The thing is, is that in Baltimore, there was the old court um, savings bank and the issues where people wait in line a long time to get deposits out because that was not backed by FDIC. That was a savings loan crisis that was not supported completely by the Federal Reserve back then. So this is a change in policy when it comes to the short run. Now, um, the the Federal Reserve Chairman Powell, he basically came out and um, was saying that when it comes to what they did, it's not a permanent thing. I think Yellen said that. I'm sorry, I'm confusing some of the quotes out there. A lot of gray hair flowing around. Yeah, you want gray hair doing these decisions. Um, And what you want is people that are thinking long term about the markets and understanding banking and understanding the results of what they're doing. So um, Silicon Valley Bank, my opinion, is uh, they're, they're not going to be around. Other banks are taking over. People are moving their money outside, but they're supporting that withdrawal uh, with Federal Reserve money and taking back assets, building up the investment portfolio of the Federal Reserve again. Yeah, so they're buying back assets essentially at par value, not yeah, current not, market value. Yeah, but they're also um, doing what they did in um, 08, 09 with auto, auto companies, uh, um, some other p- companies that were out there that they had to help out for a while with stock warrants and all kinds of different ways. Doing it. And the government loans money to businesses mm-hmm. all the time. Correct. Like this, so this is, you know, you may not hear about it a lot, but it happens. So it's. A, I think they did a good job, right? I mean, they, they stabilized banking over the weekend. Uh, yes, but there is the reality that banks and regional banks and even overseas uh, on Credit Suisse over there, they... um have issues in their lending when they take extraordinary risk and then how they do accounting for that lending. Um, so basically, if you only value it at the future value and you don't mark the market every day, if you have to unravel your portfolio, you, you lose money. And that's part of our talk today is really understanding how you invest your money and the basic assumptions people make and understanding that if you invest for your entire life, how should you diversify to make sure that you're going to be okay no matter what happens in banking and Federal Reserve policy, money money supply policy, you know, all these issues that are out there? You know, it really makes me think about like liquidity and balance, and that's what we really try to provide for our clients is that I never want a client in a forced sell situation. Absolutely. Now, when you say that, a forced sell, you mean they come in, they need some money, and then you got to sell something that might not be the best time to sell it. Right. I have to sell something at a time where I don't want to. Yeah, you want want to be ahead of the game, playing ahead. So if they come in and there's, like, let's just say they own all stocks, stocks are down, I have to sell something in order to get them money because they need it. They have to eat. Absolutely. And I never want to be in that position. So having our cash lined up for 18 months in advance is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, There's an article this week about high net worth need to have three to six months of their expenses saved. And I'm like writing, duh, next to the note of the paper of the <laughs> paper I read. It's I think like everyone does. All right. Was well, that somebody <clears throat> spent a lot of time running the article or they just one minute before deadline? Uh, yes, all of us need three to six months. Our companies, our our companies, our, our real estate investments that we have, our rental properties, our personal money, our kids' college fund, they all need to have money set aside and be able to have that in reserve without the risk, ready to invest to the future. Now, last week, I got to hear um, Jeremy Siegel in person um, speak um, right as this came out. So hearing him speak about the economy and how he felt that long term, this is good for the stock market. I think so. And why do you think that? And then I'll try to explain a little bit about why he thought that. Well, 
So we haven't gone through rising interest rates in what forty years? If, if <laughs> forty years, exactly. So, so that means the majority of investment professionals out there right now have never been through this. Correct, myself included. Mm-hmm. Um, Only short-term periods where rates would jump up and then come right back down a bit later, and then we got rates um, near zero. So I think this is going to make people really examine their portfolios. Like, what is a risk-free rate of return? What is safe money? Like, all these people last year that were holding bonds as their safe money are sorely disappointed, 15% down, something like that. And that was was the concept of target date funds being less risk when you're doing a 401k and having basically fiduciary risk of being a trustee and the investments you offer – and you want to have portfolios so people won't get as hurt. So if they plug and play, hit one button, and choose a target date fund, that they're going to have reasonable risk. Now, the reality is that bonds, when things turn the other way, and as fast as it did over the last 12 months, you see bond values going down in a bond fund. Because, like um, Alex was saying earlier, is that things unravel if you have to sell a bond before maturity. So in bond mutual funds and um, ETFs of bonds, what you see is they are marked to market every day. And the reason they're down 15% last, last year is because interest rates went up. They went down. Right. Now, if you held all those bonds inside of that fund, you would have a ladder approach, right? You'd have something coming due all the time. Absolutely. That means you would be getting your money back. Right. And so what we're going to try to do today is this. We're going to talk about your thoughts, your approach to portfolio design, and then how we do it at Acres Financial Group and how we manage our, our clients' money from now into their future, investing for their entire life. And so the show is called Investing for Your Entire Life. And we want to try to explain how all these pieces come together. There is not one answer. It's a core and satellite combination portfolio of management, bringing money um, to provide for you and your family with checks that will give you the income you need so you can win and retire in retirement and not be so nervous about that next check. And will this decision last week affect your next check? These are the emotions of investing we want to take away with the process and with the planning that we do. Absolutely. You don't want to be watching the stock market while you're planning your vacation. And that that should have no impact on it, right? Absolutely. It should be, this is our budget. This is what we normally spend. And we're good for this year. Right. And staying in budgets hard with an inflationary environment. When you go shopping, it costs double. So you just got to make sure that you're balancing everything you possibly can the best way you possibly can. And what I mean by that is this. Your income has to be greater than the outgo. And <laughs> sorry. It's not American to do it this way. <laughs> I'm sorry. You were getting ready to drink water there, and you almost spit it out. I know. That was funny. But, no, it's, <laughs> it's I, very I, simple, though. I used to do a little talk where I put a plus sign and a minus sign. The plus is what's coming in. The minus is what's going out. Do they match? That's okay. Is the plus higher than the, than the negative coming out? If it is, then we can retire. We can stay retired. We got things working. The hardest part is how do you know things are not working anymore? And the idea is you got to examine where you are uh, with regular um, reviews with your advisor. Right. And, and, and life changes, right? So you have to have this flexibility. So you think of having cash on hand as not like a, a, a dumb thing or an uninvested amount of your portfolio. It gives you flexibility. It gives you the ability to take risk in other places. And that's what we really want to examine for people. Absolutely. So we're talking about investing for your entire life with everything that's going on just currently. And what you're going to see is that the, um, uh, the idea of the rates rising and with the most recent situations, 
the belief that rates will stop rising is what the economists are saying, and that's why it's positive for the stock market for the long term. Now, at Acres Financial Group, we're local. We're independent. We don't report to a big company on Wall Street. We report to you. We have offices in Lutherville and Varsitville, and we have clients all around the Mid-Atlantic region, all around the country, even a few around the world. It's so easy to begin winning in retirement. Just go ahead and give us a free call. That's a free call. You just dial your phone, right? Actually, it's a free consultation after you make that call. And you'll be able to meet with one of our team of advisors by calling 833-WIN-RETIRE. That's 833-W-I-N-R-E-T-I-R-E. We'll give you a call on Monday to schedule your free in-person Zoom or um, that meeting will be in person or Zoom meeting, whichever is best for you. Go to acresfinancialgroup.com or give us a call at 833-946-7384 to start planning for your retirement now. What is your real rate of return? We'll explain in a moment. You're listening to a pre-recorded show. Welcome back to Winning in Retirement. Call 833-WIN-RETIRE now to schedule a visit with Brian and his team and begin winning in retirement. Once again, here's Brian Akers. Welcome back to Winning in Retirement. I'm Brian Akers, president and founder of Akers Financial Group. And we welcome you back to the second quarter of our show. Today's show is called Investing for Your Entire Life. And we have Alex Monk from Acres Financial Group here. Alex, you ready to go here in the second quarter? Yeah, Brian, let's do this. All right, so the topic is this. What is your real rate of return? Oh, man. I mean your real rate of return. How, do you, how would you explain um, that idea? All right, so this one's getting actually a lot easier to explain to people, right? You go to the grocery store last year. You buy a dozen eggs. Two dollars. Two dollars? Right. That's a good deal. This year, four dollars. Not a good deal. Not a good deal, right? So you have to be able to earn the difference in price or inflation, mm-hmm. and then your real rate of return would be whatever your growth is on top of that. Above the eggs. Above the eggs. So you got to earn that $2 price difference just to stay flat. Okay. And then anything above that would be your real rate of return. All right. So in the last 12 months, if, if inflation was only 6%, you'd have to make 6%. To break even. Just to be flat. Yep. Right. So the excitement about fixed rates going to 4 and 5% is not an excitement to where you actually make real money that's spendable to pay it's to, a buy, lot to buy the eggs. It's zero, but yes. it's not enough to get you where you need to go. So your cash was trash, has moved up to where your cash can make money. Mm-hmm. But you should not be taking your portfolio and taking risk money and going down into the, the zero risk to earn five just to play it safe for a while. Well, if you play it safe for a while, you're locking in a loss. Right. So you're saying inflation six and I'm okay with getting five. And it means I'm okay with losing one a year. It, losing real purchasing power into your future into until you decide to move back. Right. Now, the reality is this, is that when you design your investment portfolio, we need to make sure you're able to keep up with inflation over the years. Inflation in one year, a lot of times you can sort of handle that. But when that is compounded over a decade, over 10 years, and all of a sudden everything you spend is totally doubled, and then you really need your income to be doubled over the next 10 years, you really got to rethink how you design your portfolio. And our answer is you must have stocks before retirement and into and throughout your retirement years. And you don't want to be guessing when these things are going to, to do what, whatever you think they're going to do. And that's market timing is what you mean by right. guessing. 
So we don't want to be trying to time the market. That is not our goal because we will be wrong. And I hate being wrong. Now, if you take your cash from zero in the savings and you buy a CD or a treasury bill, something that pays 4 or 5%, that's an improvement on your cash. We believe that's a wonderful thing to do. And we've done that for many clients over the last year. Absolutely. And there's still so many people out there with their money in a big bank that's getting yeah. 0 0.01 or wait, no, nothing. Sure, absolutely. And so what happens is this. The discussion on real rate of return is the fact that you design your whole portfolio. A portion of it should be in stocks. Stocks over the last 100 years have averaged 6.72% above inflation after tax. So we're talking a 6.72% real rate of return is what the stock market, the general stock market has provided over a long period of time. So that would be roughly a 10% return if you factored in 4%, right? 4% inflation. Right. So if we're looking at the stock market right now and you're saying, oh, I'm going to get out to get five or get out to get four, or I'm locking in an 18 month CD at 3%, I'm not really going to keep up with inflation. I'm going to lose in the long run if that's my growth money that I'm trying to earn that kind of interest on. And then you put yourself in a tough situation too, Brian. Okay, so you made the, the big decision to leave the market. Yes. When do you make that decision to get back in? Well, I believe you shouldn't be trying to do the timing so you don't have to make those decisions. But let's say clients made that decision and they did it sometime in the last 12 months. And um, let's say they made a perfect decision. They got out right before the market started going down. Then the question would be is when do you go back in? And the idea is this, is how do you do it? I believe that you got to do financial planning. The financial planning will lead us to the right decision on how to invest your money for your entire life. That's what this show's about today is how to invest your entire life. You need to have buckets of money. There isn't one solution. There isn't your favorite solution. It's a diversified solution where you have a portion in stock to deliver um, that beats inflation over time. And that's what stocks have been able to do. And the toughest thing with stocks, and, and I just, I really want to agree with you on not trying to time the market is in, in a volatile year, if you miss like five or 10 days throughout that entire year, mm -hmm. you miss all the growth. Exactly right. So you got, you were out and you missed it and you get back in thinking you'll get the next one because it's all, it's always goes straight up. Right. But it doesn't do that. No, it does it in bits and pieces. It, it's more of an art form to me than math. Um, there are some charts and some technical analysis you can do, which is fun on individual stocks, and you can track things. And that's many times we um, outsource private money managers to be able to provide that kind of reach when it comes to our satellite investing. In our core portfolio design, we diversify to capture that market and to be in the market in a diversified, smart way. Because what happens is this, in 2022, you saw value stocks, dividend stocks do very well as there was a flight to quality. Now, this year, in 2023, what you've seen is dividend stocks pull down as people start to get um, a little giddy and get back into the market. And then the most recent up and down the last two, uh, two weeks with the regional banks and those issues has called, caused some people to start to worry again. Now, the move from value to growth... Um, I think there will be a move from value to growth. It might be after some type of recession in the future, but maybe not quite yet. Yeah, and so I, newsflash, I think we're in a recession. Um, I think we've been in one. It looks a little different than it ever has, right? So our, our GDP numbers may stay flat, mm -hmm. but you know the cost of everything else is going up so high. It's again, it's that real rate of return. 
right? Yeah, I'm not going to try to get real technical on what makes up GDP. That's gross. Uh, it's gross, right? But gross national product domestic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, gross domestic product. Yeah, I was I'm thinking of a joke, but none of it was. Yeah, the jokes aren't working. <laughs> we we got to stick. We got to stick with some technical without getting too deep into it. The idea here is this: is that uh, we produce as a country, we produce, and that part of that production is um, demand, and some of those numbers is what government spending is. And so, if government spending on defense, that's basically a growth portion of our economy. And yes, those stocks have had a lot of growth over the last year since. Um, um, Russia went into Ukraine. Um, the idea of service industries, these are all uh, things that are growing, but they don't really produce a lot. If we talk about things such as bringing manufacturing back to the United States, that's an extremely costly thing to our economy to re- to build uh, manufacturing um, properties, industrial. And we're work. still not done. Oh, we've got, or it's like the whole chip makers. It takes some years to produce and get ready to have the buildings and the manufacturing and then all the people to handle it here in the United States. So there's a lot of cost to that. So the idea of a slowdown, that's what the Federal Reserve is what would like to see in their numbers to see us slow down a pullback. And that pullback would actually drive the idea that rates could start coming back down or normalize. Right. Normalize. So if they if they bring them back down, then you know then we lose our tools if things go bad again, which eventually one day something bad's going to happen, right? It always does. Well, there's constant um, things up and down, and I call a lot of that noise. But there are some um, changes that cause a direction for a longer term, and some of those changes are interest rates rising. Uh, they're not going back to zero anytime soon. I mean, they might rise rise over the next five to eight years, but over the next couple of years, we'll probably see a downturn in interest rates. Some. Um, what you'll find, what you're finding, if you look at something called the yield curve, the two year, the five, ten, thirty, you know, all the way out, um, what you see is that curve is flattened out um, just recently. Flattening out means they pay the same rate for you to invest long term or short term, <laughs> and so that would lead people to not invest long term, right? I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get an extra percent on the short term, why take the risk? Right, the risk of long term, and so the idea is that money would all be driven to short term um, debt and not the long term debt, and so that would cause the long term debt to ultimately raise their rates down down the road here. Yeah, and, and eventually it will normalize. The yield curve is just trying to process what do we got going on? How much is it supply chain related? How much is this? How much is that? And you know, I think the main goal of the Fed is trying to cool down the housing market. Oh yeah, slow it down. And there's been a lot of demand. Um, and a lot of demand was driven from low interest rates and then um, sort of changing lifestyles where some people want to have a house where they can work out of it um, and a location they'd like to work out of. So that's driven a lot of move um, and taxation and all that's caused a lot of movement around the country. Yeah, it's been interesting. And states are still trying to figure out how do I tax people in my state if they're working in a different com- yeah. company in a different state? Yeah, it's a it's a tough tough situation all around because um, there's a lot going on. So basically, this show, Winning in Retirement, is really about you. It's about what should you be doing and thinking with this all this going on and how would it affect you. The, the idea of real rate of return is a concept we need you to understand on why you need to stay in stocks and to be in stocks as you enter and stay in the in the throughout those retirement years. Now, what do you, let me ask you a question, Brian. If, if I know today that my portfolio is wrong, what do I do? Uh, we need to see how wrong and what way is it wrong, <laughs> and then you sort of sign a plan to make the changes. Um, so some of that might be overexposure to bond funds, 
And so the question would be is, when do you make that change? And then the answer typically there is uh, watching and, and trying to work out the right time to sell. Yep. And, and having a plan on where you're going at the exit, right? Mm-hmm. right. So if you're just going to go to cash and think that you're wrong, that's also not a great answer. You know, if you're, if you're already in the growth or heavy in the growth area, I'm a big fan of holding on. I believe we might be a year to 18 months away from really seeing them. Really nice returns back up on that side, but generally you got to look at your portfolio and what you want it to do for you, and that's truly a key thing to all of this is um, the purpose behind the money. Understanding what that is very very important. Yeah, and it all has to do with every person's individual life. Like, do you have a wedding coming up? Do you have a big vacation? Do you have huge cash needs? All these things really play a part of how you construct everything. Absolutely. So what happens is this: is that at Acres Financial Group. Everything we do is about you. Your retirement is as unique as your fingerprint. When you sit down with us, we start by taking a look at your financial fingerprint. Where is your money? How much do you have? How much are you earning? Then we discuss what you want your retirement to look like and feel like. That's your retirement fingerprint. Perhaps you've been sold something, regardless of whether you needed it or not. Not at Acres Financial Group. With us, your retirement money follows your financial fingerprint. It's a retirement plan based on your unique fingerprint that determines where your money goes. It's not about us. It's about you. Give us a call at 833-WIN-RETIRE and schedule a free in-person or Zoom meeting. That's 833-WIN-RETIRE, 833-946-7384, or visit our website at acresfinancialgroup.com. Scroll down to the bottom of our homepage and schedule a meeting right there. Call 833-WIN-RETIRE or go to acresfinancialgroup.com. The question of the day. When interest rates rise, what investments lose? We'll explain in two minutes when we return. You're listening to a pre-recorded show. Welcome back to Winning in Retirement. Call 833-WIN-RETIRE now to schedule a visit with Brian and his team and begin winning in retirement. Once again, here's Brian Akers. I'm Brian Akers, and here with me today is Alex Monk. Uh, We're both certified financial planner practitioners from Akers Financial Group. What that means is that we are financial advisors here to advise you on your retirement. When you work with us, it's all about your retirement, not about us. It's not about us trying to say something. It's us giving you the best advice that we can that we can, so that you have the best retirement that you can. We're located right here in Maryland, but we work with people all around the country. All right, Alex, here in the third quarter, second half of the show, we got to go strong. It's a tough topic, but you're on the you're not really on the roast, but you gotta keep going here. So. Oh man, this is this is what I do. I'm first place in my bracket challenge, auto filled that thing. We're good to go. Auto filled that thing. Oh yeah, I hit auto fill and it just picked it for me and I'm in first place. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so who's the winner on your auto fill? Uh, I don't even know. I think it might be <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. That's okay. This show is not about that. This show is about conservative investments and um, conservative approach. And the idea is this. Investing your for your entire life is the topic. We're not investing based on the news of yesterday or news for tomorrow or the most recent thing, the TV or the news channels or the newspapers tell us to worry about next. We want to take that worry, that emotion out of what's going on in our retirement years so we can relax and enjoy because we know we're taken care of. Now, the reality, how do you know? Well, we have this question for the third quarter, and the question today is this. When interest rates rise, what investments lose? I think we touched on that a little bit. We teased it first quarter. I agree. A little bit. Let it, let it out of the bag. What's the answer to that one? All right. So I'm 
bond values go down when interest rates go up. All right, so your bond funds would lose, and individual bonds will lose, and that's part of the banking problem. Right. Now, if you hold those bonds individually till the end, and they're you know, not out of business, you will get all your money back. Absolutely. And that's why we like individual bonds on Correct. the short term, on the short run. Absolutely. Now, inside a bond fund, you don't have that. Now, you have stuff in there that's becoming mature along the way, sure. yes, but you don't have the ability to get back your principal from, you know, one-tenth of your mutual fund or whatever it is. Yeah. It doesn't happen that way. You have to sell it based on whatever it's trading at. And if the majority of your portfolio has a long duration, meaning they're longer in time, then you will suffer if you have to sell. Unless the bond manager is doing versions of hedging against um, the interest rate change. Mm -hmm. And that's what great bond managers do. And that's what good banks do also in building their portfolio. And that's the difference between what you've seen recently and larger banks and, and banks that have done a better job. Well, and this is this whole event. I think is a great thing because it makes people in the risk like look at actual risk. We have not seen interest rate risk like this in forever. Correct. So th this is a real thing. This is like you know normal functioning of our markets, but now people actually have to be aware of it and, and address the risks of it. Correct. And the risk of it is if you own um, regional bank stocks, you've seen them come down and then you got to look at, well, do you stick with them? What do you do? And the hardest part would be is you got to examine your investments. And there are times in life when you need to sell certain things. I call that pulling the weeds, the investments or the individual stocks that might not be the right place to be over the next couple of years. Yeah. And, you know, I, we've had this conversation throughout the years, right? You know, on our investment committees, but the theory is, you always ask me, would you buy today? Yep. <laughs> and if I say no, it's like, well, there's your answer. Yeah, so what, what that means is this. Let's say um, someone owns a stock, and that stock has come down. Um, then the question would be is, would you buy today? Would you buy, if this was a, you had fresh money and you're ready to buy in, would you buy that stock or would there be something else you'd like to buy? And then the hard part is this, that the, normally the answer is when the markets are down, you can actually buy quality and buy very good companies that'll be around very, very much be around and do very well over the next decade instead of buying more of a hope and dream stock that you really hope comes flying back up. Yeah. And you need to look at fundamentals now too. Like if you have to take times of like turmoil, I, I think that people need to look at these times as opportunities because these are the times when you can make changes that will really help you on the upside. It's like you're saying, if you if you got a bunch of weeds in your garden, yeah. they're not going to grow the way that you know a Microsoft would or you know any of these sure. strong healthy companies. Right. So the way we do it is this: we have stock portfolios, we have core portfolios that we design, and then we have satellite portfolios we add on top, which might drive into more risk or less risk or more income. Or depending on if we're trying to hedge, one of the issues we find, and like a lot of people save at their work, and in this 401ks, they're not a very diversified when it comes to options. They're missing many different investments that would really help build a portfolio. And so we have to diversify around what they already own somewhere else. So it's a combination. It's a holistic approach to looking at everything you have to come up with the right portfolio design and then to buy and hold many things for the longer term. 
you know, and I think it's really funny because between how many clients we have, you know, who knows the number, but I don't have any client that has the exact same scenario as any other one. That's why we call it unique financial fingerprint. Everyone is unique to us. So if you are seeing a money manager and your neighbor has the exact same setup as you, something's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I've had it where people go to what's perceived as a high-end advisor and then they come in with like Roth, IRA, and joint account. All of them, exactly the same portfolio. Exactly the same mix. All computer-driven just done you know and i'm like they all have the same purpose i think roth should be more aggressive iras probably not i think personally we should own individual stocks so we're going to have the dividends there's purpose behind how you invest your money you got to look at your purpose for that money your taxes how to how to make the best of your money over a lifetime that's why the show is called investing for your entire life that money and the purpose and then the implementation how it's managed has to fit and that's why we have our clients, we do the planning, and then we do the implementation to make it work, and then we keep meeting and planning throughout those years. And I always love those first meetings where I'm sitting with someone, and they're like, if, if there's even a question of how I'm going to deliver value, mm-hmm. I'll say, well, based on the way things are set up, just by switching what we hold and what accounts, your taxation will drop 10%. Sure. And people are like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, your current money manager can't pull the bonds out of that strategy. He doesn't have a choice. Right. I don't have to hold bonds in that strategy. I can hold them wherever else I want. Yeah, and that's because of being independent and the ability as a investment advisor representative through our, our, our money management that we do that we're able to design portfolios and have multiple choices. Yeah. Many, many design options, and that allows us to put it all together. Technology has been a wonderful thing the last decade plus where the portfolios can be designed with something called sleeves where all in one account you can have different styles of, and different managers handle different pieces. And as we get more and more sophisticated, um, depending on the client, and we get more and more sophisticated with their for, um, choices that we make there. Yeah, and, and it's really about how, how do we serve that client the best? Because a, a lot of retirement and a lot of investing is is mental. It is, uh, and and it's on what they watch and what they listen to, and that affects the emotions or who they talk to at the party last weekend. Um, on, on the results on Monday, what they want to do, and a lot of times, you know, whatever they were finding out on Saturday night, mm-hmm. it's not true, or it's a version of the truth. Oh, it's it's the, through that person's um, glasses or, or through their their concepts of what's going on. Most people at a party will tell you that the greatest things that ever happened, but they won't tell the reality of. When it went ba- went backwards and they lost all their money, they'll just tell you the positive. <laughs> um, so, um, I think there's a lot of investment topics out there. One of them is ESG, which I think um, has its role when it comes to picking stocks, and you need to understand when to apply it. We have some clients that want it applied to every portfolio, some clients that do not, and so we can personalize what we do. The idea of governance is extremely important in long-term investing. Imagine that. Imagine you're going to do a buy and hold strategy, and you don't look at how the companies run. You you want strong, well-run companies, and so the idea is really truly to take advantage of what's out there to design portfolios that are going to fit what you want and what you need it to do throughout these years. And there's no right answer, like you just said. 
different people want different things, right? And they can get behind certain causes with their money. And we are all for that, right? Support things you believe in. Well, when you have a private portfolio, you can cut things out. You can say, I don't want this company. I don't want this industry. And you can design that into your mix and how you do it. And you know what? You'll probably do just fine return-wise as long as you stick to your plan. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can you can do those things, and, th- and that's really the best part. I, and I absolutely love being independent. I would lose my mind if someone told me I couldn't do something that was in the best interest for the client. I would just have a conniption. And what's cool is that the industry has moved our way. Being certified right. financial planners for so long, what happens is that fiduciary is a way of life. Uh, and that's really going to be our, our topic in the fourth quarter. And Alex loves to grab my next quarter topic early, um, but we're going to get there. The idea of this fiduciary and fiduciary approach and what matters, and that's exactly the topic in the fourth quarter. But I'm going to have to hit you hard. i got to close out with this one. All right. Interest rates rise. What investments lose besides bonds? Well, publicly traded real estate. Publicly traded real estate goes down. And why is that? Um, so a lot of those are based on a cap rate. Oh, yeah. That's right. So, And cap rate is an interest rate that you use as a divisor in calculating the, the worth of a property. Right. So your cash flow off the, val- off the property, yeah. some math <laughs> equation, that's your cap rate. Yada, yada, yada. Not getting too far in the weeds. <laughs> but, but essentially, the higher interest rates go, you're going to see some drag in your real estate value because you have a higher cost of debt. Yeah. And the other one is utility stocks. Utility stocks have been great. They have been and, good. Recently. And they have good dividends and they look strong. The hard part is they have a lot of debt. And a lot of debt has a problem when interest rates go up because it becomes more and more expense, just like our federal government. And we haven't seen all the impacts of those rates rising because we still have, you know, five-year corporate debt that's got to get rolled and things like that down the road. So we got more to come. It's just like having a 2.25% mortgage. You're happy. But if you had to move and get a new one and all of a sudden you're choking, choking <laughs> six and a half, seven percent or whatever, that'd be hard. <laughs> all right. So- Acres Financial Group, we are local, we're independent. And the reason that's so important is when it comes to giving the advice. We don't report to someone on Wall Street, we report to you. We have offices in Lutherville and Farstill and clients all around the country, even around the world. It's so easy to begin winning in retirement. You can call us for a free consultation with one of our team of advisors by calling 833-WIN-RETIRE. That's 833-W-I-N-R-E-T-I-R-E. We'll give you a call on Monday to schedule your free in-person or Zoom meeting. Go to acresfinancialgroup.com or give us a call at 833-946-7384 to start planning for your retirement now. Fiduciary only versus fiduciary approach. We'll explain the difference when Alex and I return in two minutes for more of Winning and Retirement. You're listening to a pre-recorded show. Welcome back to Winning in Retirement. Call 833-WIN-RETIRE now to schedule a visit with Brian and his team and begin winning in retirement. Once again, here's Brian Akers. Welcome back to Winning in Retirement. I'm Brian Akers. Here with me today is Alex Muck. Uh, we're both certified financial planner practitioners from Akers Financial Group, located right here in Maryland. We work with clients all around the area and all around the country and we look forward to hearing from you as we talk about these topics. And if anything comes of interest or things you want to have a good second opinion on, uh, just give us a call. So Acres Financial Group on our website, acresfinancialgroup.com, or you can give us a call at the phone number, 833-946-7384. When you're on the website, you can also check out our past shows under our radio tab at acresfinancialgroup.com. And you can hear past shows there or even on podcasts. So if you just happen to be driving today, racing down the road, and I'm, I'm being safe and listening to some winning in retirement radio, 
And what you want to do is um, get in touch with us. Go to our website. Um, the information will be right there. And you can also listen to a few shows to hear our approach. You'll see the different topics, um, find things that might matter um, to you at this exact moment. So a wealth get, of knowledge. I think so. <laughs> and so here in the fourth quarter, we've been covering investing for your entire life. That is exactly the portfolio concept of understanding the noise and market movements and in relationship when it comes to your exact situation. So we're here in the fourth quarter, and I'm bringing Alex Monk here again. Fourth quarter is winning time. It's time. It's time. You got to play hard. You got to win the game. Yeah. Let's do this. Now, this idea for this quarter is this. It's the idea of fiduciary only versus the fiduciary approach. I'm not really, I, I guess you need to answer that, approach, that question there. <laughs> so, What's the difference between the two? So, you know, the, the fiduciary approach is, is, you know, I would say what we do, and it's, uh, I don't really know how you invest money otherwise. Like, how can you do something that's in someone's best interest if you don't know everything? Right. Like, how, like you're, you're not making the right decision. So, uh, you know, the, it's like a buzz topic, right? Are you a fiduciary? Sure. Uh, and, and as a CFP, we, we have always been. Um, yeah, the idea is a fiduciary is where you put the best interest of that client First, rather than whatever you make income wise or, or whatever, you got to do what's best for them. Now, in that concept, there's a lot of people say, well, that means fee only is the only ones that can be fiduciary. And then the reality is that in practice, if someone's being a fiduciary, um, like commission, like on life insurance or something else, could be the best option. You pay once and never again. So there's a whole talk and discussion on fiduciary um, and the fiduciary with really the definition of it. Right. And, and so I, I think a lot of times a, a commission makes a lot of sense for the client, depending on you know what we're talking about. Yeah, um, depending on what it is. So it, it's tough in that... Ha- fee only like what does that even mean yeah. like you have to pay that fee right you know so well fiduciary the idea is this is that you're not trying to do one thing um that's always done a certain way only so that might be a product could even be their style of management where they might have one portfolio management or one style that they use with each person and they charge a fee so they're a fiduciary they're a fiduciary but so the idea of being a fee only doesn't make you a fiduciary fiduciary approach makes you a fiduciary in our opinion so the idea is this fiduciary approach what does it look like what does it feel like and what's your opinion there, Alex? Monk? So, like the first meeting, we usually spend just getting to know one another. Exactly right. Because um, it's it's you know it's awkward, right? I mean, you don't go to your doctor and you know tell them what's in your checking account and your four hundred one k. No, you tell them everything else, but you know you're going to tell us everything. You're going to tell us your health issues. You're going to tell us you know yeah you know, all the weird stuff. Um, and it's you know build that comfort level, right? Because we need to know all those things, and then usually we just gather information, and then the second time. Um, we get back together and we, you know, I put it all together and I want to show them where things are and figure out what I'm missing. Right. So that, that time between first and second meeting can be a while because we got to gather all the facts. And those facts are a lot of facts. And so even on our website under documents, you can see our list of documents people get together to have a, a financial talk, to have a second opinion, to find out really the purpose behind why you're investing. Right. And so from there, you know, we, we fill in the blanks. Okay. So we'll go through what, what information are we missing? Um, what, what are your what are we trying to accomplish goal-wise, right? So, and then we start to bucket out money, right? Absolutely. Short-term, medium-term. You know, I, I always want people to think about after they leave that first meeting, like your homework is I want you to come back with three-year, five-year, 10-year goals. 
right? And that's overwhelming for most people to think that far ahead because they're really just thinking about tomorrow right. and what's going on tomorrow, just trying to make sure we get, get through it. And, and a lot of times it's like, okay, well, we have to put some purpose to it. And yeah, that's our goals or our job is to guide people in the right direction. So the easiest way to answer a phone call from a client saying, well, what's going on in the market? How does it affect me? Is to know them, to know about what's going on in their life and how the portfolio is invested and managed to handle the downturns and those issues in life. And yes, we have certain um, things that we recommend a lot. And one big deal is we like to have the low risk side, the protected side to have protections, and that's a big deal when you build a portfolio where you have part of it where there's money that is not going to go down when things go back. Well, when I tell someone this is our safe money, yeah, it better be safe. It has, has to be safe or protected by something. The FDIC is where it protects money through banks. Um, guaranteed insurance companies protect the guarantee fixed sides, but not all the other pieces of, of um, insurance products like variable things like that right but there are some guarantees behind these the assets of companies things like that yeah and, and we have to make sure okay let's spread our risk on our safe side okay mm-hmm. you got to have some money in the bank you got to have some liquid money yeah but then you you want to go out because you might be able to get five percent for a one-year cd or two year or on a ladder then you're probably do two three and five year ladder ladder is a series of different time horizons as we invest Typically, in most environments, you get more money for committing more time. Not true right now, but the reality is in time, you'll be able to make more money after rates rise in the long term, which has not happened yet. And so that ladder gives us money coming due, sources of cash, um, you know, liquidity, and it also remains safe. So yes. that I, I'm not telling someone, hey, our safe side went down 15%. I don't want to do that. Right. The absolutely um, goal with portfolios is to have money that's not going to go backwards because big losses are hard to make up and it comes to retirement years. Imagine you're drawing money out of a portfolio, and we've seen where some people draw money out of their stock portfolios on a monthly basis. If the market drops 25%, all of a sudden they're drawing money out, the money keeps going lower and lower. How are they ever going to get back to where they were? And it's really near impossible mathematically because of the fact that they're selling low on their stocks to take their monthly income. Yeah, and and that's a forced sell, right? They're not set up. Their logistics are wrong. Yeah, so the common sense that we have is let's lay the money out for the next year to 18 months. For That's for income. Let's make that earn some interest so that you're making some money on it but not be the at-risk portion. And then as you rotate out of the stocks, dividends and income, and then you see what you need to sell each year, you can sell from the fixed side, sell from the stock side if they're up, and sort of manage the portfolio looking for that growth long-term to keep up with inflation, which we all need to have. And what you said there is very important, right? You can pick Mm -hmm. whether you want to take something from the fixed or from the risk side, depending on what the market's going to do, because we're not trying to guess that. Try not to guess it is the key thing there. We want to make it work. We want a plan that's going to be there so the client can go do those retirement things they want to do. Do you really want to go on a two-week trip and think about your money the whole time? Yeah, I mean, should you be day trading? No. Well, it does seem like when you go on a trip, the first day you land somewhere, the market's down 500 or whatever. Usually vacation is like that for us. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, I can give you many stories of that um, where the big the big three, 4% now is 500 points. Um, back in the day, 500 points was a whole lot more. <laughs> but right now, it's um, because the Dow is so high, 500 points is not a really a big change in things. And, and when things do go bad, you know, Yes, there are some some clients that tend to get you know worried 
Yeah. But overall, I don't get a ton of calls. Well, sometimes we'll be reassured that they're okay and that the plan's working. And that's where we have to show it through the way we do our job, through analysis and review and reports showing where the money is and that the money has been safe and will stay stay um, conservative and build the portfolio out so we can absorb the downsides without taking the full downside a market might give us. Very, very important to design it that way. And these things aren't a mystery, right? We know what the market's going to do. It's going to go through cycles, and we have to be prepared. And I don't want to be the guy guessing. And, and we don't want to be. We want to make it a very more predictable, reliable ability to draw income when we get to those retirement years or if we're in those retirement years. When designing investments for you, it always begins with a lot of questions and a lot of listening from the advisor. Um, if um, the person across the desk from you is giving you solutions as the hello, you got to wonder, um, do they need to know what's going on or do they already have the, the, the winning product already? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to have the answers if you don't know the question. So Yeah. It's a little different when in full financial planning because being licensed to do so many different things, we can bring whatever tool is needed for the job. Right. And, and you get a lot of people out there that, you know, they might do only insurance. They might only do, you know, whatever, money management. Sure. I, I, I don't want to not be able to do things. And if someone is advising you and trying to sell on emotions for you to make a large change, what you got to understand is that don't let emotions guide you. You need to make sure the finances, the um, the economics, the what you need to happen in a plan is what drives your decision, which takes time to produce, not a one-meaning decision, not a two-meaning. It's a two, three, four, five meanings until you make all those kind of decisions as you build your whole portfolio out over time. I agree. It was, I mean, you couldn't have said anything better. It's such a large decision, too. Like, I don't want people to make that decision day one or two in my conference room. I want you to go home and think about it. Absolutely. What we do is this. We want to do financial planning, even estate planning, um, in a way like this. Estate planning as if we might pass away tomorrow, and then investment planning as if we might live forever. And we got to make sure that this investing is for your entire life. And that's what the show has been talking about, is that different things going on mentally today when it comes to the volatility of the market. Um, things are going on when it comes to interest rates and sort of teasing us and thinking that 5% might be a great rate, when in reality, the real rate of return is what we got to shoot for. And we got to hold when things are down so we can maybe buy more. The younger we are, we got to see these downturns as great buying opportunities in the long-term plan. Oh, yeah. And, and you have to plan for the worst case, and a lot of times that is living forever. Well, living forever, um, we have clients high into the 90s, still going around pretty pretty well, still driving, um, needing money to travel. Um, at 88-year-old I just met this week, and she's giving um, big, large gifts and traveling still. Love that. And that's what we want. We want you to be able to invest for your entire life and live this life that you want to lead because your money supports your personal goals. Thanks very much, Alex. All right, and thank you guys for listening for everything we've covered today. You can always go to our website, acresfinancialgroup.com, to check out more. We want you to win in your retirement by taking advantage of this opportunity to begin planning with us at Acres Financial Group. To schedule a free meeting with one of our team of advisors, go to our website at acresfinancialgroup.com. Scroll to the Schedule a Meeting section and let us know you'd like to schedule your free meeting. That's acresfinancialgroup.com. Or you can call us at 833-WIN-RETIRE. That's 833-W-I-N-R-E-T-I-R-E. We'll give you a call on Monday to schedule your free in-person or Zoom meeting with one of our team of advisors. Start planning for your retirement now. Go to acresfinancialgroup.com or call 833-946-7384. 
Thank you for listening. I'm Brian Akers from Akers Financial Group, and we want you to be winning in retirement. You've been listening to Winning in Retirement with your host, Brian Akers of Akers Financial Group. Akers Financial Group offers securities through Arcadios Capital, an SIPC and FINRA member firm. Advisory services are provided through Arcadios Wealth. Akers Financial Group and Arcadios do not share any common ownership. Neither Arcadios nor Akers Financial Group provides tax or legal advice. Advice given on winning in retirement is general in nature, and one should seek further advice from their financial advisor, broker, attorney, and or tax accountant before investing. Be sure to read each prospectus carefully to understand all the risks associated with each investment. Examples and scenarios shared are meant to be for illustrative purposes only. Past performance is not indicative of future results.